listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast this week. Today we're going to be chatting very quickly about updating and optimizing your resources, which is something I love doing as a seller and something I love talking about on the podcast. But I specifically want to kind of answer the question of what should you be improving so you know that things need improving in your store? Well, we all have things that need improving in our store, so we all kind of know that all the time. But how do you decide what to update, what to optimize, what to improve as a seller when we've got essentially so many products in our store? We're not like some kind of business owner that just has like a very small selection of products that only sells a few things. Some of us have hundreds, if not thousands of resources in our store, so it can be kind of overwhelming. So I want to share five tips I have for ways that you could be choosing what to update and optimize and improve on. And I've kind of ranked them slightly in order of of how I feel they are important. So let's dive in and look at these five things. So this first one isn't something that I personally do a lot of, but I had to put it as number one because I think it's important because it's something that's kind of urgent. And what I mean by that is you need to update the product or optimize the listing or somehow in any way improve a resource that is urgent in the sense that leaving in your TBT store wouldn't be wise because it is irrelevant, outdated, downright wrong, (laughs) dodgy, or in some kind of violation. And what I mean by that is that you may have made a resource many months or years ago or whenever you were a newer seller that you've now just realized, oh dear, that actually violates someone's copyright or trademark. Like I'm not allowed to make that oh dear, I should probably go and look into that. You know, something that's like actually violating something like legally. It might just be that you made it and it was using like, you know, dodgy clip art that you didn't have the right to use. It could be something in the teaching world that is just so outdated now, like so wrong and bad teaching practice and it's just not relevant anymore. Or it could just be something that is, you know, kind of, not wrong per se, but just really not what teachers are doing anymore. A little bit kind of irrelevant is the word I guess I would use in terms of the teaching world. And a lot of the time you can see that resource isn't selling and you think, oh, I made this a long time ago. People don't even use this kind of thing in their classrooms anymore. And and those are the kind of things I would be gravitating towards. If you've got something in your store that really sticks out like a sore thumb and is a really poor representation of the quality of your work and, and you know that it just feels icky having it, that would be the first one. And I don't think this kind of thing is very common in most people's stores. Personally, I don't find myself updating products like this very often, but I had to throw it in. Number two is, this is where I really feel like this is where I start saying, this is the stuff you should be doing. And this is like what I do is, I think you should be improving on your best sellers, regardless of whether you think they need it or not. What I mean by that is, Looking at the actual product itself, you could certainly make it bigger, add more to it, improve it some way. But mostly looking at its listing, you might think, hey, I've got this best-selling set of math centers and it's obviously doing well. It sells multiple times a day. Uh, I'm assuming the thumbnails and previews and everything look good. I've got a decent conversion of, you know, 11%. It gets views. It's got thousands of views. People seem to be looking at it. 
I don't think it needs any work. I'm just going to kind of leave it be, let it, you know, be successful and move on and focus on something else. But that would actually be an error. I know that sounds crazy, but because you have got a really golden opportunity here with a bestseller that you can make more money. So you might think that data-wise, it doesn't need improving. Like I said, it's got views, it's got conversion, you can see it selling every day. But that's actually a sign that it could use some kind of optimizing that would be really profitable for you. And so hear me out on this. If you do say have, like I said, a um, set of math centers with an 11% conversion, if all you need to do is tweak your preview slightly and you could suddenly have a 12% conversion, wouldn't you do it? You know, if you could tweak the cover or the thumbnail or something to make it just a little bit more enticing, wouldn't you? Because you've already clearly got people interested. And so what tends to happen with bestsellers is you tend to find that you've made a resource that people want, people need, people like, like it's doing well for some reason. And whatever that is, you want to be cashing in on that and thinking, well, I've got this opportunity here. People like what I have. How can I be making more money from that? because I think we tend to assume that we should go and look at our worst sellers and improve on those, but they're not selling for a reason. And sometimes that's completely out of your control. People might just not want that kind of product, but they want your bestseller. So let's make them want it more. I also like to think there should be that little bit of a relationship, a symbiotic kind of in your mutually beneficial relationship between you and TPT. So when you have a bestseller that starts doing well, TPT sees, oh wow, people like this. And it's kind of ranks it higher on TPT. That often happens. And so if TPT is kind of rewarding you, you should be working with TPT, like almost working together to get it to keep selling more and more. They reward you by putting it a little bit higher in search. So, you know, you could again, kind of go back and forth with each other here. And that sounds strange, but then, you know, you make more improvements to the product and then it sells even more and you kind of work together to get it even higher and higher in search and doing better and better. So it seems counterintuitive. It seems strange to improve on something that is already good, but why not get it to be great? Why not get it to make you more money? It's showing you that it's capable of making money make it make you more money. And I know that's what people do in the real world in terms of business and marketing. They look at their business, they see what's doing well, and then they cash in on that. And they try to really monopolize that and capitalize on that. You don't go and try and work on the thing that people don't want. That would be not really smart business wise. So yeah, focus on your bestsellers. Just doesn't matter what they are and how they're doing data wise. If you've got like the first maybe five, 10, five to 10 bestsellers in your store, they should be at all times your absolute best work that you're constantly always looking at and working on. Be mindful, of course, that you don't make changes that could have a negative impact. You know, if it's ranking well, maybe don't do too many SEO tweaks. You don't want to mess things up in that kind of sense. But there's certainly nothing wrong with improving on things like thumbnails and previews. That's always going to be positive. That is a really big one for me. I really like to make sure that my best sellers are pretty decent if I can. Now, this next one's a big one a really, really important deciding factor on whether you should improve a resource. And that is data. So heading on over to your product statistics and sitting there and looking at your views, conversions and preview views, because those numbers right there will tell you exactly not what needs improving. I do this occasionally. I go through, I just kind of scroll through my whole store essentially. And I see, oh, where's that? Do I see any red flags? Do I see any conversions that are under 3%? Because that's usually something I might want to look at. Do I see a resource that has only like 100 views? I'm like, oh dear, that's not good. You know what I mean? I kind of dive in and look at those really bad ones and see if there's like a quick fix. You know, I don't want to spend hours of my time on worse sellers, but I might look and see, hey, that resource is not getting many views. Is there a little SEO tweak I could do really quick? 
Hmm, conversion's a little bit low on this one. I might put that on my to-do list as a preview to update at some point. Like looking at your data is a really powerful thing. And it is ultimately going to tell you exactly what needs optimizing on your listings. Not so much what products themselves need updating, but listings wise, the data is all there. Definitely use it. So maybe hop on to your product statistics maybe once a month and just take note of what you can see that needs definitely a big improvement. And maybe you could do a few tweaks there. Now, the next one, tip number four, I like to personally do, and this is relevant to you if you have seasonal and holiday themed resources. It's also relevant to you if you offer topics, you know, that are taught at certain times of year. But basically you update resources and update listings that align with what you think is going to be an upcoming decent seller. So basically if it is, you know, January, say you are working on your store, you would be thinking, okay, what's going to be selling in February? Hmm, Valentine's Day, Groundhog Day, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you'd be making sure that all those resources are updated. Or maybe if it's October, November, you'd be thinking, okay, Christmas is not too far away. I want to make sure my Christmas resources are up to date. So that's like for holidays. If you kind of got holiday specific resources, you would be keeping an eye on those upcoming holidays and looking at what sold well last year, making sure that if you want it to sell well this year, making sure that it's up to date and optimized. Seasons are another good thing as well. You might be currently in the summer and thinking about, well, what sells well in the autumn kind of fall season? I want to be making sure that's ready or back to school, that kind of thing. And then, like I said, if you don't have seasonal holiday resources, you may still have, say, math topics that are kind of seasonal in the sense that at certain times of year they sell better. And you know that fractions are going to sell well in February or place value might sell well at back to school time. So you think, what's coming up next? What am I, which ones of my resources sort of should I be focusing on? And I really like to do that because I feel like it makes me know that what people are currently going to be buying in the next month is going to be my best work. So I do tend to like to do that. I tend to have a glance. Now, if you're like me and you've got a lot of seasonal resources, it can be overwhelming. You're like, whoa, I've got like 10 Halloween resources. How do I know which ones to update? Again, you would look back at what I mentioned before and and work on those kind of bestsellers and things. And this is where you might pull up your dashboard and look at a period the year before and say, okay, well, what sold well in April last year? Hmm, Okay, well, I got this, you know, these really cool April writing prompts that were doing well last year. I guess in March this year, I want to be making sure I update those April writing prompts again. So have a little look at your dashboard for that kind of thing. Now, the final one, point number five, of you know how to know what to update kind of thing is the cringe factor. So if you have old, old products in your store that are super hideous, just like downright ugly, <laughs> and you cringe every time they sell, that is a sign it might need a little bit of an update. And this is usually the product itself, but also maybe the cover. You know, you get that sales email and it's got something with a chevron on it or something that's like really hideously outdated fonts and clip art that you made five, 10 years ago, whatever. Or maybe even if you're a newer seller, it's something you made fairly recently, but you've learned a lot since then. And you're like, oh my goodness, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe someone just bought that. (laughs) If you get that feeling, which we all get from time to time, you know, you kind of basically cringe when someone buys it, then that is a little bit of a sign it needs an update. Now, it's not the most important update to do. Like I said earlier, it might not be a bestseller or something, but just, you know, in terms of having your store be at a decent standard, like a a high quality, I think that's really important. And those ugly, outdated old products kind of bring the quality of your store down a little bit. So 
definitely consider that cringe factor in deciding what you are going to update. So that's everything I wanted to share today. As a quick summary, the five sort of tips I have to help you decide what to improve on in your store are anything that's really kind of irrelevant, outdated, wrong, dodgy, in violation, that kind of stuff. Bestsellers, regardless of how they're doing, just, you know, your top five to 10 of them should always be really top notch. Looking at your data, conversions, preview views and views can be really informative numbers. So they can tell you what needs improving in terms of your listings Seasons and upcoming, you know, bestsellers and decent sellers looking at what's holiday themed or, you know, is going to sell at a certain time of year. You can factor that into your planning. And of course, old products that have that ugliness or that cringe factor. So those are things that can kind of help you decide what to update. I really hope that you found these tips helpful and I hope you feel inspired to go away and make a little bit of an action plan. So that's my action item for you is actually to sit down, maybe whip out your planner or some kind of document or air table, whatever it is you use and have a think about, well, in the coming months, what resources and listings should I be updating and optimizing? Because it's definitely a good thing to do and have a little think about the list I just shared of and sort of plan out which resources, maybe five to 10 of them you want to update. You could pick a few bestsellers, a few upcoming seasonal things and a few sort of ugly, old, outdated ones and stuff and put that on your to-do list or in your plan to get done. I really hope that you do. I think it would have a really big impact on your sales. That's for sure. A lot better than sitting and scrolling through Instagram, which I know we're all partial to doing. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to definitely leave a review on the podcast if you haven't. That always means a lot. Or recommend it to someone else that you know that's a seller that would love to listen and you think it would help. That's always really great too. And be sure to follow along to the podcast and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.